everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T and of course we are talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night, the video version, at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. Just gotta go to youtube.com slash C slash Scary Movie. And the audio-only version goes up one half an hour prior, one half an hour, 30 minutes prior, uh, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just got to search Twasm or T Watches a Scary Movie. But the best way to keep up with when I'm putting new things up, including reviews, also written reviews through my letterbox or TikToks, tweets, anything like that, is to get subscribed to my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. If you get subscribed to my link tree, that'll be the best way for you to keep track of all the updates that I put out on a weekly basis. I'm trying to do way more videos here as we get into our fall scary movie season. So you're going to see a lot more coming. So get subscribed, especially as that's where I've been breaking a lot of my news lately for you as well too so what do we have to talk about tonight in movie reviews i'm going to be discussing meg to the trench a sequel to one of my favorite films of the last decade i absolutely love the meg so was stoked for meg 2 to finally come out and i've got my thoughts on that a little bit later on but first we got a bit of horror news to get into for you so, last week, if you were paying attention to my TikTok, I mentioned that Bloody Disgusting had reported that Christopher Landon, the director from the Happy Death Day series and Freaky, was in talks to possibly take over directing duties for Scream 7. Radio Silence team, uh, Radio Silence team who had taken it before, uh, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette, they are currently tied up doing a Universal Monster movie for Universal. And most likely because they don't want to waste time delaying Scream 7. They want to hit it while the iron is hot right now. It seems that Paramount has decided to go in a different direction and Christopher Landon has been brought on to direct the film. Now I say Paramount, I think it's actually Spyglass actually that's in charge of that. But Christopher Landon's been brought on for directing duties. Now, what's so interesting about this is that, number one, if we had to pick another choice to take over, uh, you know, the late great Wes Craven has obviously passed. Uh, and if Radio Silence is not going to continue on what they started at this point, then you'd be hard pressed to find somebody better suited for the job than Christopher Landon. I absolutely love the Happy Death Day films, even if the first one's the more of the slasher type. And Freaky was so much fun that it seems fairly clear that Landon is the right voice for the next film in this franchise as we keep on going on. Now, there's been no reports of whether or not he'll write the script, as Landon is famously known to help co-write uh, the movies that he's directing as well, too. He has some great writing partners he's used in the past for both Happy Death Day and Freaky as well. But who knows if he might take on solo writing duties for this film. Either way, Radio Silence is still on board to produce Scream 7, and we can expect that the core four will likely be back, at least in the case of Mason Gooding, Melissa Barrera, and Jasmine Savoy Brown. Of course, we're going to see them come back. No clue on whether or not we'll see Jenna Ortega, because if you recall, it was reported earlier this year that that was one of the issues that was currently holding up the Scream 7's development, is that Jenna Ortega is mad popular right now and being booked for everything. She's currently doing Beetlejuice 2. She's got a Wednesday season 2 coming up as well. She is just booked up right now. And so there is a possibility that we might not see Jenna Ortega return for the next film. 
which if they're rushing this film out which i say rush i don't mean in a negative way but if we're swapping directors at this point it kind of like it kind of provides evidence that they might not be waiting for her and either her character could get killed off opening scene third time's a charm or could be that her character just doesn't show up like sydney prescott didn't show up in scream six so only time will tell. We are still in the midst of our writer strike and our actor strike right now, which is more important than the development of these new films. So it's going to be a while, I'm sure, before we get any updates on it. But stay tuned, stay subscribed, and I'll make sure to keep you on the loop whenever I got some new Scream news coming out for y'all. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break. Listen up for a chance to see how you could save some money on your Fangoria orders. And I'll be back with my review of Meg 2 The Trench. Hey everybody, looking for a great way to stay up to date on horror news as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now? Then you need to head over to the Fangoria shop and get yourself a subscription. If you go to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDW, you can use my own personalized 20% discount to save 20% off on Fangoria Magazine subscriptions, as well as 20% off any other items in their fantastic shop. This is a great deal. If you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription, now is the time to do so. Head to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDEW. Welcome back to T-Watches a Scary Movie. So, there's no reason for me to pull any punches here with this review. Uh, as I already said at the beginning of this episode, 2018's The Meg is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. You know, I'd call it a guilty pleasure to a lot of people, but I feel like that's not accurate because I feel that's actually a really good movie, honestly. I don't think there's anything guilty about enjoying The Meg. Uh, when I went to see it, I was absolutely expecting, maybe not a parody, but a film that wasn't going to take itself too seriously, like the Piranha remake that came out, which is a phenomenal film. Absolutely love Piranha 3D. But that's what I was kind of expecting from it, because the trailers didn't really give you any sense of the tone of the film. And if you've seen the original Meg movie, you saw that that movie's actually way more serious than what you probably expected it to be. Or as serious, as, about, uh, as serious that a movie about a giant shark could be, it's fairly serious honestly and the thing is is that even though that was a very like a fairly serious movie for a giant shark film um the thing is is that you were still kind of making like this big budget b film like that's really the way that the meg was is that it's like a b movie but it's a really really well done b movie and i don't mean that negatively because the meg is so much fun but that's really what it was and it seems that five years later ben wheatley who's taken over director uh director duties from john Turtletub, has uh been given a bigger hand of more budget to use in this case but unfortunately it doesn't turn out to be a better film that said though it does take the franchise in an interesting new direction that i think is going to be expanded on quite a bit in the future now 2018's The Meg focused on a research station investigating the Mariana Trench, an unexplored section of that, which resulted in the accidental release of a megalodon shark into the open seas. Uh, 2018's The Meg focused on a research station investigating an unexplored section of the Mariana Trench. This resulted in the accidental release of a megalodon shark into the open seas, and terror and chaos were everywhere. Now, that film ended with rescue diver Jonas, played by Jason Statham, and oceanographer Suyin, played by Lee Bibing, uh, defeating the beast and saving both their crew and nearby vacationers from becoming shark bait. 
Five years later, Meg 2 picks up where the Mana 1 research station has continued to explore the Mariana Trench. Suyin has unfortunately passed in that time, and that role has transferred over to her brother, who's also an oceanographer, Zhuming, uh, played by Wu Jing. And he stepped in both to take up the role of oceanographer for the Mana 1 research station, as well as step in to help Jonas raise uh, his stepdaughter, Mai Ying, who you might remember from the first film as well. Now, Mana 1 also has, weirdly enough, started to house a Megalodon pup that they, were, that they found, that they've raised, called Haishi. And Jonas has been splitting his time between his duties to Mana 1, as well as being a uh, moonlighting as an eco-fighter, going out there and stopping folks who would pollute the ocean and do all these illegal things involving animals as well, too. Now, during an exploration mission gone wrong, multiple Megs and other prehistoric creatures are released from the trench to again wreak havoc on the world, and it's up to Jonas and his friends to stop them. Now, on one hand, it's easy to understand that the Meg 2 retreads quite a bit of the same beats from the first film. The first movie outside of dealing with Jonas's uh, survivor guilt and his relationship with Su Yin, it's not particularly complicated. And because of that, it made it more accessible to audiences. But those were really the only two bits of like interesting development that we got in that first Meg movie. Otherwise, it's probably exactly what you would expect from a movie involving a, a giant shark chasing people around. Um, and you know, it it's so interesting because that romantic subplot between Jonas and Su Yin in the first film was really, really good, especially when you consider how a lot of romantic subplots are handled in action in horror films a lot of the time. They're usually treated as like a, uh, you know, it it's not as important, nobody cares, it's a backup thing. We're not putting much effort or interest into that. It was actually one of the more interesting parts of the first Meg film. But the problem is, is by losing that, we lose most of what made the first film interesting and so we're just kind of shuffling around from action beat to action beat to action beat and again like you might love a lot of action but some of you might end up getting flashbacks to the transformers franchise because that's what a lot of those films really did was that the story just wasn't that great and we just go from fight to fight to fight now with that said meg 2 does get some developments right on the money the inclusion of more creatures from the trench definitely has me interested to see what's coming down the uh, down the line in the franchise because a giant shark is super interesting. But you know what's more interesting than a giant shark? Multiple giant sharks. You know what's more interesting than multiple giant sharks? A giant squid. You know what's more interesting than that? A T-Rex. And the list keeps going on. I think including all these creatures helps to uh, helps to give the idea that we are just having a big budget B movie at that point. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think there's anything negative or anything wrong with that, honestly, because so many of us horror fans out there are big fans of B movies. So this could end up working out very well in the back run for a lot of people who are choosing not to catch this in theaters. And the thing is, don't get me wrong, I am all about seeing all these other additional characters show up, but it seems like it's turned the franchise into something like a Land of the Lost or Planet of the Apes or even 65, all of which sound like a great way for this franchise to go, but it might end up alienating a lot of people who came in it just for the giant shark action. Now, 
letting the returning characters get involved more in the action this time was actually a really, really welcome surprise in terms of good developments for the film. Uh, Mac, played by Cliff Curtis, and DJ, played by Paige Kennedy, had substantial roles in the first film, but the thing is, is that outside of the middle section, when they were all directly interacting with the shark, and, you know, they're getting saved, and more people are dying and everything, they mostly had to sit on the sidelines. They didn't really get to play an active role in a lot of what was happening. And... What's kind of crazy is this time that Mac and DJ really get a chance to shine with DJ legitimately being uh, one of the best cases of character development I've ever seen in a franchise in quite a while. Uh, and I know it's kind of weird. It's coming from the Meg 2 of all things. But let me tell y'all, Paige Kennedy who plays DJ is without a doubt Meg 2's MVP. Regardless of your overall feelings about this movie, DJ had a smile on my face anytime he would show up. And while usually when characters change up who they are in sequels, I groan a lot of times. The biggest one I can call out is Ludacris in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Like go watch Too Fast, Too Furious, and then watch Fast Five on and see what they do with the character. And it's not that Ludacris couldn't play what they do with the character right. There just was nothing to explain any of that. And we just had to assume, oh, so this guy's now a fucking genius at this point point there. I think Meg 2 did it so well with DJ explaining why he's like now the guy that he is at this point and what he was doing to make sure that he didn't end up in the same situations that he did in the first film. It's amazing and Paige Kennedy does a great job with it. Give DJ a TV show, all right? Or give him the direct-to-video sequel franchise, all right? American Pie that bitch up and give Paige Kennedy the Meg franchise, okay? Because Jason Statham's only gonna do it for so long. Give it to Paige Kennedy at this point. He could absolutely do that. But on that note, while the returning characters get a chance to shine, outside of Zhuming, the new characters don't really add anything to the movie, and that includes the addition of human bad guys to the franchise as well, too. Uh, Rain Wilson's eccentric billionaire in the first film definitely made some terrible choices that affected a lot of people very negatively, but it would be hard to say that he was the villain of the film or even one of the villains of the film. He was greedy, but he wasn't a villain of that movie itself. We don't have that amb uh, ambiguity here in Meg 2 as the villains are exactly who you think the villains are. And they're very, very much one note. And it kind of feels like they were just put in there so that Jason Statham and some of the other characters would have somebody to actually punch. Because you can't punch a giant shark. So it feels like they were put in there to give them some human adversaries. And what kind of stinks about it is that if you take them all out, it really doesn't, it doesn't do much to the film at that point there. Like at that point, the film becomes what Evil Dead 2 is to the Evil Dead. And that means it's more like a remake or a reboot than it is just a straight sequel. We're doing kind of the same movie again. They didn't add anything to it, in my personal opinion. Um, I feel that the film would have been more focused and it would have given these other new characters who aren't villains a, a chance to shine a little bit more had we just taken these subplots out because we know it's not going to work out for them at the end of the day. Now, I also mentioned earlier on that Meg 2 seemed like it was setting the stage to go into a different direction with the franchise, like some other uh, films and TV shows in the past that we've seen that deal with giant sharks, giant monsters, prehistoric creatures, things like that. Meg 2 absolutely borrows from another from a lot of recent films as well, too. I mean, I saw Underwater, I saw Deep Rising, I saw Jaws 2. Like, we are referencing a lot 
of uh, other films that are kind of in this category. And depending on who you are, that might stand out in a negative way. I didn't really mind it too much because I get it. Like, look, if we're going underwater, there's only so many iterations of showing people walking on the seabed that you can show the type of suit they're wearing, what they have access to. So I get it's gonna frustrate a lot of people, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing at all. Some of it definitely works. Some of it definitely works for sure. Some of it you're gonna look at and be like, this is just too glaring for me to honestly look past. It's stuck in my head, I can't get over it. But that's gonna depend on the person that you are. Now, even with all those issues, I can't sit here and tell you that I didn't like the movie because I honestly did. I think it's still good mindless summer fun. I think it's B-level movie enjoyment. And if you don't like B-movies, you're not gonna like it, simply put. If you do, this is gonna stand out as one of the best sci-fi channel adaptations that are out there that sci-fi channel didn't do. It's, it's honestly a lot of fun. But I can't recommend it over the first film, and I can't recommend it over a number of other horror films we had come out this summer that just add a little bit more to it. Either way, Meg to the Trench is in theaters everywhere right now, and you can catch the original Meg right now on Max for free if you're a subscriber, which I found out just by checking out JustWatch.com. That's right, folks. If you go to JustWatch.com, that site is fantastic about letting you know where movies and TV shows are streaming for your enjoyment right now. And again, Meg is available on Max. It's also available on Hulu for you as well, too. That's going to do it for me tonight, folks. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. And I have way more to talk to you about, including my review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter will be up in just a few days for all of you. So make sure you're staying tuned and you're subscribed. Folks, Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and I'll catch you next time. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, if you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.